0: Hey, everyone, we have launched Two Kids on the Block as an official podcast standalone. So in about two, three weeks, we will be posting exclusively there. It is still free to listen and free to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Thanks for listening.
1: What's up, y'all? It is the CryptoCoin Kid. Welcome to Crypto Talks. I am your co-host, CryptoCoin Kid,
0: and I'm Ben Wong, your other co-host. On today's episode, we are talking about a ton. We are we are recording on Thanksgiving today here in the U.S. Thanksgiving uh, in Canada was last month. But let's start off with our weekly explainer. Let's face it, Kamea, NFTs and stocks are super expensive. I mean, to buy Tesla stock is over a thousand dollars. Same thing with NFTs, and same thing with crypto too. It's really hard to buy one Ethereum. That's what forty five (laughs) hundred dollars, forty five hundred, not forty five (laughs) dollars, forty five hundred dollars to buy an ETH. So let's talk about fractional ownership. Yeah.
1: All right. So fractionalized ownership. This is like a super important point. So it's essentially an investment approach that people, some people, can use. It's with stocks. You own a very small portion of this company and if this company goes up then you ain't own gain benefits from it same thing with bitcoin or any cryptocurrency you are part of that network when you own one of their cryptocurrencies and the thing about crypto is that there will never be more crypto than there is in that thing like there's only 21 million bitcoin never more never less so once you buy a bitcoin or probably can't buy a Bitcoin, but probably like a part of a Bitcoin, then you are a part of that network and you will be able to participate inside that. And the other thing about fractionalized ownership is important because it changes the access of these kinds of assets. Like it used to only be available for super rich people investing a lot of money into these like big projects like stocks. Some people used to put so much money these big people venture funds investment banks but now people like you and me regular people are able to invest into these big companies using stocks or using crypto to invest inside this in the crypto market you're able to participate in a meaningful way and that's pretty much what fractionalized ownership is because the same bitcoin i own is the same kind of bitcoin elon musk owns you know Right. Like if Elon Musk owns a Bitcoin, I have the exact same thing as him. If I own yeah. one Bitcoin, he has one Bitcoin, it's the exact same thing. And we're able to participate in all these ways, making different types of use cases for all of this. And essentially it's more like everyone shares a super small part of this business, but we all right. to take part in the like the business being built and makes it more equal to everyone else when it used to only be available for super, super rich people. And there's no such thing as really like, better tokens they're kind of right. all the same but utility is super super important for all of them yep. and once you are able to participate inside that community with either stocks or crypto part of the network then you'll be able to make a bunch of changes to all of that so make sure to be grateful <laughs> for when someone yeah. invented this cryptocurrency that you're able to yep. participate in something super huge something meaningful in this world and that's really awesome
0: that makes a lot of sense, right? Like one ETH is, like I said, so much money One Bitcoin is like $70,000. And so obviously <laughs> the, the majority of us aren't going to put and don't have the means to put that much. Yeah. So of course, it makes a lot of sense to buy, you know, 0.1 or 0.5 of it. What about NFTs? Can you buy a fraction of an NFT?
1: Well, I think that's where nfts it honestly depends how the smart contract is written or how it works because usually nfts are unique and there's only one of them right and there is never going to be more of them and you get that that's for yours to be unique No, it's in your wallet and you can do what you want with it whereas sometimes there could be multiple copies of it and people can own multiple parts of it essentially and it allows for it to be flexible with the different ways for right. to own an NFT. The traditional way, which is the way that I personally like, is like when it's a unique NFT. So like right. a good example is like when when you, Ben, I heard you like you participate in that NFT drop, which yep. is like, Macy's. could you just tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, about the Macy's one? Yeah. Yeah. So this morning, 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific, there was a, I, I'm sure everyone's heard about the Macy's Thanksgiving okay. parade. Uh, in NYC and they did a NFT drop where they had 9,400 NFTs uh, that were all Macy floats. So balloons at like the Macy star, they had like an ice cream a Mario balloon NFT and like it's generative, quote unquote generative. Um, and they like randomized things like the character that's holding the balloon, the building, the floor, the sky. Uh, so I I was there live streaming uh, on Instagram this morning yeah. at 7 o'clock a.m. And and I picked up, I think, four of these. I had to very quickly create accounts for all these things <laughs> to claim one. Uh, but I walked away with, I think, t- two to three rare NFTs and then mm-hmm. one common one. So, so I'm pretty happy with that.
1: Nice. And the other thing about, like, Relating to this fractional ownership and all that stuff. When some people do this sort of trick, it's called like a unit bias, where the market cap could be like the exact same as something else. But sometimes when you're new to crypto, sometimes people actually believe this. You actually, they think that to buy one Bitcoin, you have to actually pay the full price Uh, of $60,000. And yep. in reality, no, there's like, you can buy small fractions of right. a Bitcoin for like $500 or like Satoshis and all that stuff. And that's kind of just like a trap to make you think that you own more than you really do have. Like, that's right. why people favor things like XRP or Shiba, because Shiba is valued at 0. 0004 yeah, so <laughs> and people own- are like, yeah. yeah, and people are like... Why would I pay forty, I mean sixty thousand for a Bitcoin when I could buy like thousands of Shiba yeah. and I would like have yeah. so, like four hundred dollars left over? And that's kind of why people prefer these smaller tokens over these super big tokens because yeah. they kind yeah. they still have that belief. And you guys, just for listening, and if you think that you have to pay the full price for an Ethereum or a Bitcoin, you don't. You, you don't, can buy yeah. like you, you can buy like a tenth of a Bitcoin. You can buy a tenth of an Ethereum. That's a big yeah. mistake that people, it sounds crazy that people would think that, but like a lot of people do. I've seen many people think about that. So oh, yeah. make sure to focus on the true core value of an asset and not right. just the price because the actual price, it's like market cap. It's kind of just like a made up number. Like you have to focus yeah. on the actual value of this token. Right. And yeah, just don't look at the token just for the price. Look at its utility, look at its community and all that stuff.
0: I think it's difficult for a lot of people because we're used to a dollar bill. You can't tear a dollar bill in half and and, and use, use a half a dollar bill.
1: In the zoom out, just all these metaverse tokens are absolutely exploding and all of them use NFTs in their games like Sandbox, you probably have heard about this. It's up eight hundred percent within the past month. Gala, yeah. which is another one of those seven hundred percent. Decent Decentraland, Axie Infinity, yeah. Decentraland's up five hundred percent in the last month. And just uh, what? Why do you think this is happening, Ben?
0: It it's it's it comes down to the same thing I talked about last week with cryptocurrency, like. Everything else, that's an interesting thing, by the way. I'm going to touch on this real quick. Uh, There's this book called Sapiens, talking about the history of humankind. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and the the author in that book basically says the thing that makes humans different is that they can believe in things that would otherwise have no value. Like, for example, this Pokemon card that happens to be sitting here, (laughs) it's a piece of paper. Why do we give this value? Um, this this video is a bunch of pixels, to be honest. The yeah. audio, why do we give it value? A dollar bill is paper. Why do we give a dollar bill value? And the same thing with crypto. That's why I've kind of wrapped my head around why people like crypto. It's because humans, at the end of the day, deem what is valuable. It's not about what it is physically. It's about what we deem it to be. Right? Just, just as we deem the dollar bill to be worth $1, in Ecuador, maybe not Ecuador, some sort of country, a particular country who has money that isn't really trusted, like super high hyperinflation countries, it's still a paper, but there's no value there. Same thing with cryptocurrency. Prices will continue to fluctuate as more people believe it has value. Things like mana, uh, Axie Infinity, those yeah. prices, just like ETH, just like Bitcoin, will continue, continue, continue to rise, and t- as as people continue to play the game and as people begin to wrap their head around the whole uh, metaverse idea, and it was mm. slow development. I think I haven't. I I, th- I think I saw it briefly. It, w- it was a relatively slow development in- until Facebook announced what they were doing. And because of the reach Facebook has, of course, everything is booming because now metaverse went from being a sci-fi topic that would, that you would write about or you'd read about and it'd be kind of this, this dream. Now it's something realistic. And the biggest players here went from being a maybe could change the world to a likely could change the world. And who wouldn't Mm. be want to be, who wouldn't want to be part of that?
1: Exactly. And I'm just going to add to what you were just saying, Ben, like, I feel like we're entering kind of like a gold rush, like everyone's heading West to find their fortune. Like an example is digital real estate. So if you think about real real estate, there was a time when people were buying cheap land and didn't know what it could be developed into. Like it was real estate was super cheap in the U.S. at the time, because like in reality, the whole U.S. when it was like like eighty years ago, the price of an average u s house in California was about three thousand dollars or equivalent to thirty six thousand dollars to today so since you live in California Ben I just want to ask you, is that the what's the average cost of a house in California now?
0: I think the average the average cost of a house in california i feel like is somewhere between 300 and 400, uh, uh, statewide, but but if you narrow it down to cities with over 500,000 people or counties, I, I think mm-hmm. it can go much higher. I think 500, yeah. 600. So someone correct me on this. Maybe if, if we'll go back afterwards and, and put in a sound bit. Uh, but it's some, somewhere around that, between the 400 and 600,000. So it's obviously a lot more than the 3,000.
1: Yeah, and... The other thing is that, like, there's this news report, news story, about a Canadian crypto investor snags virtual real estate plot for 2.4 2. 4. million US dollars. And this is a Canadian spending 2.4 million dollars on <laughs> a piece of land. Pixels. Which is, like, yeah. just, like... People don't have $2.4 million lying around just to like, oh, I'm just going to experiment and just buy $2.4 million, see how it works out. They have to have some sort of vision. They have to see something there. And he, the person said that they're using it on like the Decentraland Fashion Street, which this, you could just look up Decentraland map and there's just like this whole thing. There's like a bunch of different places and Fashion Street is like over here. So uh, it's kind of like, serious cash is being spent on this digital land so could yeah. this be the beginning of like a digital land grab because like things like sandbox like the central land people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their face or something yeah. on one of those big plots of land and some of these are selling for like four thousand eth some of these plots on sandbox like there was this one where like a bunch of crypto YouTubers got in early back in January and now their plots of lands are worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars, which oh, is yeah. absolutely crazy. And this could be the time like when people bought houses 80 years ago, 80 100 years ago, and those houses yeah. are now worth like a lot of money. Could this be like now? And y- you, we're both big fans of Gary Vee. Like, and you yeah. know how he always yeah. talks about to get a piece of your digital attention online, like a piece of your real life value, and to yeah. put it online. Well, this is kind of a different version of that. Like maybe you don't yeah. want to make content, but you know that people will want to share their avatar clothing designs. So you yeah. just buy the land where the digital fashion square Billboards. is and you'll be able to build, <laughs> yeah. you'll be able to build like the new New York Fashion Week or the Fashion Week in Italy. But yep. now it's in the Maverse. And you could literally be a 13-year-old that's really good at 3D modeling. And you could make a fortune from your 3D modeling. And I bet there's like a bunch of kids who have these hidden talents that just like... And that's kind of like why you have to learn coding. Because like, it's kind of like learning reading for the new age. Like if you don't know how to code, you won't know the terms that everything is learning. So that's why coding was like one of the first things I learned when I got into crypto. So Ben, if you had just this is figuratively if you had 2.5 million in digital land what would you build on it
0: that's a that's a great question i'm i'm going to first touch on when i when this first happened when these huge purchases start, first started happening early this year you know with mm. with million dollar virtual houses i explained it to my parents who were both really confused about this in that what if you could buy a huge building in New- in Times Square 50 years ago for, even yeah. for $100,000 is cheap, for a Times Square building, right? And the same thing kind of here. Now, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a higher barrier to entry. You know, for example, with Ca- California Gold Mine, anyone could, could go and, and, and mine... But what, what I do think is interesting is in a few years, how much money is going to change. What I mean by that, like back then, $3,000 was quite a bit of money. You know, $3,000 was maybe $50,000, $100,000 in today's money. In In 10 years, is $1 million going to be considered cheap? Is it going to be like, oh, you have a $1 million? Like is the, the, the base... Consider rich going to be so much higher just like how me and you are billionaires compared to money 200 years ago and that's an interesting question as well when when these plots of land are selling for i think land is a few thousand dollars just to get in is the investment rate in a few years going to be like absolutely crazy that it prices people out or is that just going to be the new norm and then to answer your question that's a really good question what would I build on that land? I think I would build. I would build like an Empire State Building, like something like that. Mm. I would I would hire if I have two point five million dollars. I would I would buy the land and then hire someone to like design and build like a, a huge monument. Whether that's the next what's it called? <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower or or the Statue of Liberty or or Empire State Building. A twin yeah. tower even. I would build something like that. What about you?
1: So you literally want to build like a, a kid CEO tower or something. I yeah. would I would kind of like I would like to make like some sort of like kind of like a like a huge shop like kind of like where people go to like look at all the new trending things all this stuff Ooh, and I like, like that. kind of like a digital mall basically and it's like it's like there's some places in Canada where there's like the most hype malls and everything like yeah. Edmonton Mall is one of the biggest hype malls because they have like all this stuff they have the biggest indoor um, amusement park wow. and uh yeah that's what I kind of think like uh, online water park, amusement park, all that stuff. Yeah, that would be all really All inside cool. this big plot of land, and because like then people can visit it, they can have a bunch of activities to do. But they're also like, it's it'll also become kind of like a monument as yeah. well, because like yeah. people will know this is the mall where all the hype stuff is, and it's like, speaking of like prices evolving over time, it's kind of just and how money changes, like. Just look at like how we've come to accept Ethereum gas fees. Like oh, when yeah. I got into when I got into crypto back in 2017, Ethereum gas fees were like a penny transactions. Oh yeah, pennies, yeah. and then dollars, and then hundred dollars. And it's kind of like you have to accept the fact that well times do change. But I I yeah. I'm definitely hyped to pay. I will pay fifty dollars for Matrix NFT definitely, <laughs> but. The other thing is like, how, uh, speaking about my other thing, I just want to talk about something else is like, w- there's this other thing that's happening is like, when you listen to music, you kind of just listen to the music, but on your mind, the people that actually made it, they kind of just make right. the music for free. Yep. And they really should be more appreciated. So that's where is yep. raising 55 million well, for music and NFTs.
0: I-, I think they are appreciated. Every time you listen to their song, they get you know, 0. 0.0000001 cents I think they are very yeah. appreciated. Uh, continue.
1: But yeah, that's like true. But I think for the value they're giving to the world, music is like the language everyone can understand. For the value they're giving to the world, they yeah. should really be appreciated more than 0.0000001 cents zero one <laughs> yeah. cent. So like Royal is a music company. They raised $55 million for music NFTs. That is helping NFT standards yeah. to basically help artists and their fans revalue the price of music. And I absolutely love this concept. I love it. So yeah. for example, like, um, Oh, my Spina Network book over there. Selfish. So, uh, just self promotion. <laughs> and whenever <laughs> we sell a book on Amazon, we get a royalty or a portion of the profit of that sale. So they Royals is trying to fix the pro the royalty problem in music because Usually, like back in the 80s, when they used to always do albums and all that stuff, they would need like music labels and investors. And most of the money that actually went into their brand actually went to the music labels and investors and not actually the artists that made that value. Yeah. So there's this venture capital firm called Andresen Horowitz. I think that's what it's called. And they put money into this royal raising $55 And actually, fun fact about them is they literally were the people that built the internet. Like they made oh, yes. Netscape Navigator, which you most people have probably never heard of, but it was one of the first ever uh, browsers in the world. So one of the key things I want to emphasize, just like in the beginning, is fractionalized ownership. How you were essentially owning a very small piece of that, of that owner, not that owner, of that artist of their song and you are appreciating them. You're a big fan of them and you are willing to yeah. give, you're willing to put some money into it and cause you really appreciate them. And this is what Bitcoin does. It fractionalizes the Bitcoin network. So you and me, you and me as token holders can benefit from a piece of the network right. and benefit from its rise in value. Right. So the, essentially the concept of fractionalized ownership in crypto gives access to a bunch of things that were not available oh, yeah. to the public. like it used to be like millionaires, even billionaires were only able to do this. Like I'll invest ten million into you for all of that. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like if I hire <laughs> if I hired a clown, to entertain me every single day <laughs> i would have to pay on money because like entertainment is comes at a cost like it's right sometimes really hard to entertain people and make them laugh so it's essentially like the starving artist idea that artists just bum around and try to survive while they live their passions but can't make money yeah this could essentially change that entire thing so oh, yeah ben in a way we are creators and artists, so yeah. what do you think happens when our fans can own a piece of this podcast like in the next maybe year or even two when this podcast could potentially get really big? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen when people when our fans can potentially own a piece of this podcast?
0: I absolutely love what what Royals is doing with music is has been a time coming. Artists only get, 20% is generous. So if they're making $100,000 from basically their hard work, they came up with the song, they recorded it, they only get a few thousand dollars. $100,000 is a lot. That's a a big singer or or a big artist. And they only get $20,000. And that's generous. Some even get 8%, 10%. So I absolutely love how the power now is really being transitioned over to record label. Or no, no, it's being <laughs> transitioned over to the artists themselves, not the record labels. I think the record labels are either going to have to dramatically change how they do business, or they're going to go out of business. And exactly, I think it's really powerful about what's well, what's really powerful about this whole creator shift. Is two things. One, you no longer need, with YouTube, podcasts, social media, you need, before, yeah. a lot of followers, a lot of watchers, a lot of listeners to make money. To run ads on YouTube, you need okay. quite a bit of of, of subscribers because you don't get paid too much per ad, so you need a lot of them. Social media, you need a lot of followers to get promotion or to get endorsements uh with podcasts you need a lot of listens to get endorsements and sponsorships yeah with the creator web3 economy you don't need a hundred thousand subscribers you need a hundred of them who are willing to pay you something to be part of your community to offer them something so you don't need a hundred thousand followers anymore to be a creator and monetize that, you just need 100 super loyal ones, which is a lot easier than 100,000 fans.
1: Like, that is so true. Like, I remember I remember writing my book with my sister and we were talking about this. Like, we could have 100,000 followers or 10,000, but all we truly need for our book to really become like successful is... Really, some true loyal fans that really yeah. support our brand, and I know how I have probably not like five hundred, but I, I have a couple of loyal fans, and yeah. it's just like this makes me really happy. Like my sister. Uh, she loves to play guitar and she loves piano. She's a great singer. She's probably even better than me. And she may want to pursue a career in music. And this means that right. she may have a chance yeah. to make money and totally. not be a slave to a label or YouTube. Like right. when YouTube, it only allows people with over like a certain amount of subscribers to make money. I think it's like, like a hundred thousand or something. And, if I'm being honest, there could be like true fans. Like there's some channels with 2,000 subscribers that make awesome music and they have so much fans and there should be a way for the fans to uh, like appreciate them, like to give them their support. Yeah. And like sometimes this works with like merch, sometimes with that. But like the idea of owning a part of their entire thing Yeah. is that you are a part of their brand, not only wearing their merch and doing all that stuff, but you just need your own loyal fans and yeah. you don't need the whole world. Like this is exciting for kids listening because like they think that, oh, if I'm I have to be a, like a super successful YouTuber in order for me to get recognized right. and all that stuff. Right. But in reality, if you have those true fans that really appreciate you, that love you for who you are and all that stuff, they watch all your videos. And that's really all you need with this new NFT yeah. thing. That's This is yep. essentially creating a new way for smaller artists or less recognizable artists to be recognized with this NFT. Yeah. And that's why I totally, totally,
0: totally love it. And, and if you think about it this way, in Web2 with YouTube, and by Web2 we mean pre-2020 I think is when it took off. So things like social media, YouTube, all, those, all that good stuff before you wouldn't to, to make a hundred thousand dollars salary a year you would need okay. a million subscribers maybe maybe five hundred thousand to and, and post yeah. actively to make a hundred thousand dollars a year but the thing with web 3 is you don't need a million subscribers anymore you um, need a hundred loyal followers who are who are willing to pay you a hundred dollars a year and considering how nfts are normally about 50 to $200 range, that's totally in the question to have 100 people pay you $100. That's $100,000 salary. And you don't need a million subscribers, you need 100 loyal ones. And then the other aspect of this that I love is, again, with decentralization. The power is now okay. being taken away from the record labels who reap the benefits of making yeah. a person successful. Now, the person doesn't need professional microphones. They don't need highly paid producers. Yeah. They don't need super nice sound booths. All they need is a computer, a phone microphone, maybe a $20, you know, nicer microphone. Like Billie Eilish. You know Billie Eilish. She makes all her songs on GarageBand. I have GarageBand. It's free. You know, she records using things that aren't particularly expensive. Why would you give up 80% of your royalties when they're not providing you anything too special? And then now, instead of signing over 80% of your rights to a record label, if you do need cash to go and produce your song, you know, of course, you can go only so far with your phone microphone. And if you need the cash, and you really believe that you have talent, you can utilize social media, post your songs there. Connect with people on social media, and then get enough fans. And by enough, I mean fifty to one hundred. Make and uh, take a uh, use Canva, use Canva, maybe even Photoshop. Make a nice album cover. Go to OpenSea, list it with their song. A hundred editions available. Release it to people for hundred dollars each. Right there, one hundred song album NFTs at uh, one hundred dollars each. Is what? $100,000? Something like that? No, um, four, t- yeah. four zeros, 10,000, 000, 10,000. 000 yeah, something so. like that. And you can raise that much money just by creating NFT. You don't need to sacrifice 80% of your profits forever, <laughs> right? Which can be a lot of money. You can sacrifice mm. none of that and make it so that your loyal, loyal followers can buy a limited edition of your first album. And then, Part two of that is that when that artist, and not all of them will, this is where the gamble, the risk, but if that artist goes on to become the next Olivia Rodrigo or Billie Eilish, whoever bought into that original for $100, bought into the original album, that's going to be worth quite a bit of money right? Like imagine buying into, into Taylor Swift's original album. There's only 100 out there and you are one of the 100. I'm sure that's worth money. So it's one, making it so much easier for creators slash musicians slash influencers to to monetize. And then two, the people who are paying the money or either, one, doing it for the connection, you know, if that person's songs or content really helped you through a dark period, or two, as an investment. But everybody wins. It's not the record label wins, the artist kind of wins, but also kind of loses, and the consumers just consume. Now the consumers are the ones supporting the artist, and the support artists support the consumers. And that's what I love so much about this space.
1: I know, like... In reality, like you know, people think that you have to have all this like setup, that you need to have all this lighting and all that stuff. But that's why, like, one of my favorite people to watch is like Ty Lopez because he literally films. Yeah. He has like, there's this video of him where it's like seven steps to success or something, and he's just <laughs> he's just on the treadmill and he has his computer problem. <laughs> he has this setup where he can just record videos terrible lighting. It's just a concrete background. And he's just walking on the treadmill and talking about life. And that's one of his most popular videos with like 3 million views. And it's like proven that people love this the raw videos that just have good information. Instead of all this like like a bunch of random like sound effects and all that stuff. They just like the raw information because that's kind of the reason why they're watching you. Or like it's really not like, it's just like V friends, like how it's up 500% within the past week. I mean, not past week, 24 hours, past 24 hours, it's up 500%. Oh, yeah. And uh, sometimes it just makes me laugh because <laughs> there's like some of these things with like a white background perspective pigeon selling yep. for 555,000, 555, <laughs> I can <draw> 555 that. <laughs> yeah, ETH it's... and an offer for it is eight ETH, which is like, what is that? Like... Four thousand five hundred. Yeah, times eight. That's like it's it's, it's a bit. Thirty six. It's like thirty six thousand for a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a pigeon drawn, <laughs> like it looks like it's drawn by like a five year old, but it's just it's the idea behind it. Like yeah. Gary V. I remember he's like talking about attributes that he likes, like patient right. pig, trusting tarantula, and that's why like I really love Gary V's V friends brand because like. It's like so simple, yet the idea behind it is so big. And that's why kids have to get started now. Like literally. So, Ben, I know that we are gonna cut this one a little bit shorter because before we end up
0: before we end up today, I I think Mm. it's really interesting that that we have in our pockets or pay fifty dollars to get a device, a smartphone, that is much more powerful than presidents used to, to run the world. You have that a uh, tool a hundred times more powerful in your pocket. I'm going to speak directly to the camera. I, I don't do that very often. Like, that's so, so, so powerful. What else is there left to stop you? One, we made it, or the world, I guess. One, Silicon so in, Valley in, in business made it easy for you to know what an influencer is. By giving you people like Mr. Beast. Two, they made it easy for you to be an influencer as well. Now, three, they're making it easy for you to make money out of being an influencer. And you don't need a million subscribers anymore. You need a hundred. And same thing with not even influencers. Musicians, entrepreneurs. You can raise money through NFTs. It's so, so, so possible now to, to be successful in... I'm gonna call it the NFT age now. It was possible for you to be successful in the digital age. Now it's probable for you, probable for you to be successful in this NFT age. And I think it's amazing. Mm. And it's all about just just getting into it. And even with 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 the metaverse type of thing. Right now, if you want to be a real estate developer, you have to have a ton of money to go and build houses. Yeah. But if you want to be a developer in the metaverse, you don't need a million dollars to to buy pixels. Mm-hmm. You need a Photoshop. You need YouTube to go learn how to 3D model. And you can be a really estate developer. And that's just the amazing part of it. The internet made it possible for a lot of industries to transform. And now NFTs and crypto are doing that to even, even, even more, more industries. And And I'm so glad to be part of it.
1: I know. There's like this, it's like I heard it somewhere and it's like an average person has more reach than like a U.S. president 80 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Like their smartphone has more reach than the literal president of a whole country. Yep. So I think let's just drop some baby steps. So what would your baby steps be for the people listening then?
0: My baby steps this week I'm going to say to listen first. I I think a lot of people get caught up in wanting to produce right away, which is a a good thing. I also want to make sure that we have the importance of listening. And a great way to do that is by connecting to other people on NFTs. And so I would say choose your favorite platform, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Discord. And on Twitter, you can search a hashtag NFT or just go to trending. There's got to be something there and listen in to what others are saying. Listen to both influencers like Gary V. Uh, I would hope that you could listen to me and Kamea on Twitter. Uh, We tweet some cool stuff. Listen to everyday people and see what their thoughts are are about this too. Don't take everyone's word for it if they're trying to get you to buy ABC token. But but listen Uh, or join a discord. Join the V Friends Discord. Join the can you join the CryptoPunks yes. Discord? I don't know. Join join some Discords and listen there. Even ask. If you if you go on the V Friends channel and ask for Benjamin Wong, I'll I'll respond to you. Like go on these Discords, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, watch some Gary Vee content, watch some my content, watch some of Kamea's content on YouTube, and just listen. Listen.
1: Yeah. Like, you guys, just remember that you're not alone. A lot of us are still trying to figure this out. Like, all of us are still learning a lot every day. And just hit us up on Twitter. We'll, we'll respond to all the questions you guys have. And I have a similar baby step. Just join a bunch, like, join a whitelist of your favorite NFT or brand. What's a whitelist? Just, uh, just a whitelist. is essentially like a waiting list. For you to be notified whenever something big happens. So like, or just join the Discord. Like I am in like six, six NFT Discords and a bunch of other um, crypto Discords. And just some of those people like devote a lot of their time into this. And they have OG thoughts. That's like some of the best things. Because yeah. sometimes the big influencers that are just saying the headline don't have the true information that you really need to know. So you can go to these people on discord, hit them up on a question and they'll answer it to you. Cause like oh, yeah. a bunch of people are tweeting this yep. minute. Their, their communities are very active. They aren't just dead for like a whole day. And then they speak oh, yeah. a little bit. They're yep. super active, like, like messages every single, a like, couple minutes. So just hit the OGs on a question. They probably know a lot more than you do. If you're still getting started, just do a lot of research, but don't, don't be over planner. Don't over plan. Once you have enough information, just do. Then just do. do. Once you do that, just make sure to have a lot of fun because I got into this because I just, I I always think it was for the future. That's ever since I still started. It's the future. It's really starting to yeah. take place. And just do your research. That's like the thing I say every single episode.
0: In the Discord, just, just go to hashtag general channel. Say... Hey, everyone. I'm Ben. I'm 15 from California or United States. I'm new to NFTs. Can anyone fill me in? Easy. Yes. And, and you'll, you'll find some friends there. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching uh, this week's episode <laughs> of Crypto Talks. I'm Ben Wong, your co-host.
1: I am Kameh LaFontaine, or the CryptoCoin Kid. And we'll see you next week. Peace.
0: This podcast is intended to provide general information and opinions. Please refer to your own research and discretion when making important financial decisions.